You're listening to the Accessibility Corner on Dialogue Radio Network with your host George Zavala. The Accessibility Corner will provide you with topics and resources for our local community of people with disabilities. The Accessibility Corner is brought to you by the law offices of Stephanie Townsend Alala and Associates. So, here we go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's get the party started. Good day to everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. Of course, our show is brought to you by the Law Office of Stephanie Townsend Ayala and Associates. Well, today we have a lot of information for you. That's what we tend to do. The first uh, discussion we'll have is with Brian Mena regarding an event we'll be having next Thursday called Access 2018 Super Thursday. Then we'll be talking to Mr. Julio Perez, which is the coordinator for the city of El Paso. He'll be uh, giving us some great information. And then finally, we'll be talking to um, Ms. Marsha Chu from Villar. Also, don't forget, you can always go back and listen to past shows at www.theaccessibilitycorner.com to hear the other shows. But before we start the show, we're going to go ahead and play you what's called the Accessibility Minute. And after that, we'll go ahead and go into the interview. So hope you like the show, and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey there, welcome to Accessibility Minute, your weekly look at assistive technology. Those clever tools and devices designed to help people who have difficulties with vision, mobility, hearing, or other special needs. The Seeing AI app from Microsoft brings several object recognition tools to a single app. It is a great tool for individuals with low vision as it provides information about who and what is around them. According to Microsoft's website, Seeing AI is a Microsoft research project that brings together the power of the cloud and artificial intelligence to deliver an intelligent app designed to help you navigate your day. Features of the Seeing AI app include, it speaks text as soon as it appears in front of the camera, provides audio guidance to capture a printed page and recognizes the text along with its original formatting, gives audio beeps to help locate barcodes and then scans them to identify products, recognizes friends, and describes people around you, including their emotions, identifies currency bills, recognizes colors, and more. Check it out on the App Store to learn more. For more information, to read our blog, or to drop us a line, visit eastersealstech.com. That was your Accessibility Minute for this week. I'm Laura Metcalf with the Data Project at Easter Seals Crossroads in Indiana. Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter, Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533-0007. I am talking to Mr. Brian Mena from the El Paso Community College. Uh, was a student government association. Is that correct, Mr. Brian? Yes, sir. Okay. And we were going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen next Thursday, February the 15th. It's uh, Super Thursday, Access 2018. And I'll, I'll let my, uh, my guest tell a little bit about himself first. So 
what his uh, major is and all that good stuff. So we kind of know him a little bit. Okay. Well, hello, Mr. Brian. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, my name is Brian Mena. I am a student at EPCC and I am majoring currently in business. I'm also very involved in the college. I'm in student government, among many other things. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an honor to be at EPCC because we have a very strong community there that advocates for people with disabilities. And so, yeah, I'm awesome. glad to be from EPCC. Yes, sir. Even to that, it's a good, how do you say that? It's a good start, a good place to start or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, model. yeah. It's actually, uh, the best place to start and finish. So there you go. <laughs> um, my wife actually has an associate from there, but uh, so let's talk about a little bit about what's going to happen this Thursday, and I'll, I'll let you go ahead and give like a little quick summary of what's going to happen Thursday. Sure. So um, the EPCC Student Government Association, along with faculty, uh, you know, is collaborating with United Advocacy, uh, the El Paso Leadership Institute, and all these other organizations to put together this debate on on February 15th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the EPCC Administrative Services Center from 6 to 8. And so um, it's, a, it's a congressional debate for districts, uh, for candidates vying for the 16th congressional district seat. And we just think it's important, I think all of us think it's important that voters make an informed decision on election day because El Paso tends to vote straight ballot on general elections. And so um, for the primaries, we have eight candidates on the Democratic side. And so, you know, we need to decide who is the best um, candidate for that, who, is, who will be the best nominee. And so we just think it's important that people know who they're voting for and who's going to be our next leader. And so I'm just glad that we're coming together to put together this very important event. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it. So we have, uh, what, five Democrats and two, Repo two Republicans that have committed, right? I think it's, I think it's like seven or eight Democrats and two Republicans. Yeah. Okay. So there are, so we're going to have a full house there. And then we're also going to have, uh, we just found out that, uh, the El Paso, uh, County elections office is going to have what they call the ADA equipment there for those who are blind and vision impaired, kind of demonstrate how it works and kind of encourage those voters to come out too. Because like you said, uh, Mr. Brian is that, you know, here in El Paso last, um, election cycle, we only had 8%. So we want to kind of pick, kick that up a little bit. So it was hopefully with this type of event, it will kind of encourage people to get educated on both the candidates and the constituents, the voters, and also encourage them to vote. Because that's the only real power we have here in the, in America to voice our opinion, right, uh, Mr. Mena? Yes, yes. And voting has a lot of power. You know, you can vote people in office and you can also vote people out of office. So it's for everybody, including people with disabilities, to use their voting power. Exactly. And the thing is, sometimes our our community of people with disabilities, sometimes like, ah, oh, what for, what this, but hopefully by Thursday, you'll see why it's important to go out there and vote. And also, Mr. Mena, you're telling me, or you let me know that uh, we'll have interpreters for those who are deaf and hard of hearing, right, sir? Yes, so okay. we have, we do have interpreters uh, standing by. Uh, we're also going to invite the EPCC Sign Language Club so they can be there and they can provide any assistance that might be necessary. So uh, the, the whole, the, the one big thing, one big theme about this event is is that it's accessible for people with disabilities, exactly. whether you're deaf, blind, whatever your disability may be. We want to make sure that this event is accessible for everybody. And 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 Brian has a, a guys give him credit. He he reached out to me initially and said you want to collaborate. And ever since then, it's been uh, it's it's been exciting. Hopefully, this event uh, will be big, uh, and it will be big. And uh, just to note to those uh, listeners that are using the lift, the paratransit, 
uh, I have talked to the lift management and they will have someone there on site. So there will be no problems regarding transportation. So we have pretty much have everything covered, right, Mr. Brian? Yeah, pretty much. We just need to tie up some loose ends, like, you know, just technical questions. But other than that, we have all candidates confirmed. Um, you know, we have the venue, we have everything in place. We're just, the only thing we need is for people to show up and to really get to know the candidates. But other than that, we're good to go. And there there will be, uh, hopefully, if time permits, there will be eight questions. And uh, ADA questions will be uh, included in those eight questions. There will be, what, five people in the panel? Am I correct, Mr. Brian? Uh, it's five. I think it's uh, three three from the other organizations and two from EPCC. Yeah. But we, if time permits, we can also um, have audience questions. So okay. if you want, if you want to have a question, then we can definitely, you can definitely squeeze one in if time allows it. <laughs> if time allows it. And this is also will be simulcast on the Dialogue Radio Network, the one I'm on right now. So, well, my, uh, Brian, um, what's the last statement you want to say as you're encouraging those people to come out? What's your, what's your hurrah statement? I guess to just not be afraid to um, vote, not be afraid to voice your opinion because a vote is an opinion, a vote is a voice. And so uh, just make sure you go out on March 6th because, like I said, uh, on the general elections, El Paso votes straight ballot. And like George mentioned, El Paso has a very low voter turnout. And so essentially, this, this small group of people are making decisions for you. So if you care about th- if you care about the future, if you care about the future of El Paso, I encourage you to go out and vote. I encourage you to come to this event and get to know the candidates that want to be your leader. And and also, people, you come out and meet uh, Brian Mena and myself uh, that day and announce yourself. If you're there, let me know who, what group you're with. And because uh, we want to identify everyone there that comes to the, to the event. And uh, so thank you, Mr. Brian, for taking this short time to kind of give us a little update on the event. And we're all excited. And hopefully we'll see everyone there this uh, this next Thursday. So you've been listening to the Accessibility Corner here with Brian Mena and my guest here on Dialogue Radio Network. Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter, Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533-0007. I am talking to the city coordinator, the city of El Paso ADA coordinator. His name is Julio Perez. And uh, we're going to talk about some, op- some, some items that really need to be updated and probably do it once in a while because Mr. Perez is very, very active. And so, uh, Mr. Zavala, first of all, hello, Mr. Perez. Well, hello, Mr. Zavala. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I think it's such an important thing that you're doing to keep uh, the community up to date on everything that is regarding accessibility and issues regarding those that impact individuals with disabilities. So I, I really thank you for that, and I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. Thank you, sir. And I will bring him on once in a while just because, like I said, he's very active, very fluid, and he always has projects and stuff uh, that he's doing. So we'll talk about a little bit about that. And so what happened last year, more or less in June, Mr. Perez kind of started what's called uh, a review of the ADN transition plan for the city of El Paso. And it's, been, so it's a long process, and he's getting to the point where it's almost completion or not. But I'll let him go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that transition plan. 
Absolutely. So what happened about last year, Mr. Zalala, you're absolutely right. We had uh, several uh, complaints from the communities uh, asking us to to do more in terms of ADA compliance. And then so in terms of that or as a result of that, the city asked me to put a to put together a task force um, comprised of various various departments throughout our city to review and assess our current state of affairs when it comes to ADA compliance, and we did. We put together this task force that really ended up being 40 to 50 stakeholders around the city, and uh, it included every single department. And just to give you an idea really briefly, uh, let me tell you what departments were included in that assessment. So to, to kind of let you know that we tried to look at everything that the city has to offer. Animal services, the airport, capital improvements, so this includes every capital project throughout our city, major construction project and things like that. Our legal department, the city manager's office, community and development, destination El Paso, which includes the um, the area around town, the convention center, the McElligan Canyon, um, the Abraham Chavez Theater, things like that. Economic development, environmental services, the fire department, which also includes a 311, the 911 call centers, human resources, information technology, which includes all of our websites, mobile devices, kiosks, software purchases, tools, and things like that. International bridges, uh, libraries, uh, mass transit, which in, of course includes Sun Metro and the lift, mayor and city council, municipal court and the municipal uh, court, uh, court and clerks, sorry about that, museum and cultural affairs, which are all the different museums that we have around our city, office of the comptroller, parks and recreation, planning and inspections, the police, public health, Purchasing and strategic sourcing, so that includes everything that we purchase that needs to be ADA compliant. Streets and maintenance, which includes curb cuts, uh, sidewalks, uh, audible signals, bus stops, things like that. And that finally, the tax department. So that's when you go in and pay for your property taxes. That's a very extensive research. And, and what we did is normally when a city does an assessment like this, a lot of times they concentrate on architectural barriers. We wanted to go above and beyond. We wanted to look not just at the architectural barriers, which is like physical barriers like curb cuts and sidewalks and, you know, inaccessible entrances and bathrooms, but also to include services. So are our services within those uh, facilities accessible in terms of software? Are the documents accessible in alternate formats? Can someone, uh, is someone able to go into a facility and ask for something in electronic format? What if they need an accommodation for ADA? I mean, everything that has to do with services was very, it was a very holistic approach to our assessment. And, and I want to report that we're we're in the final, final stages of completing this. I'm hoping to get this done by the end of this month and then complete the report by the end of March. So hopefully by that time, we can come back, Mr. Savala, and let everyone know about what we have done and the results of, of this uh, assessment. Now, will you be reporting that to the, to the city council, right? 
and the mayor? I will be, I will be re, uh, doing a presentation to not only the city manager's office, but also to city council, also to uh, all of the community members by way of the Accessibility Advisory Committee, which meets every fourth Thursday of the month at 2.30, from 2.30 uh, to 4 p.m. And that takes place at the Sun Metro main offices uh, on Montana, Montana and McCray. Yeah, 10151 Montana. Um, I happen, I'm thankfully, I'm the chair of that committee. And I, I do want to say one thing, Mr. Pettit, I, I appreciate what you've done and gone beyond looking at those architectural structures. You've gone and looked at the, like you said, the holistic approach where you look at the websites, the, the technology, because sometimes that's oversight. That's, that's over. And I appreciate you doing that. Um, how long has this process it's been a while, right? Like, what, several months? Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while, and uh, and the reason why is because, as you can imagine, Mr. Savala, that there's a lot to do. Yeah. It's not just like going in to visit. Just to give you a very brief idea of the um, of the work uh, that it uh, that we did, uh, we're talking about over 250 parks, for example, 250 parks, going out to each one of those. And, and assessing them for uh, compliance and accessibility. Over 150 uh, public facilities uh, that we have throughout our city where we have contact with the public. Uh, over 3,000, I'm actually not over, but just under 3,000 bus stops, uh, audible signals, and, and, and so it, there's a lot to do. A lot to do, and so it did take us several months to complete it. But I'm I'm happy to report, with the help of of so many different stakeholders throughout our city, we're able to uh, get it done. Awesome, and and hopefully in a few months we'll give a little final detail on, on the your your report on the. Yes, the sir. I'd be happy. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to come back to your show if I'm invited to uh, uh, to give you a final report, sir. That's no problem. Are you Democrat or Republican? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, we're well, talking about that, about the ADA transition plan and access and making the city more accessible. Um, I know you've been, since you started as ADA coordinator for the city, you've always been very adamant and requesting curb cuts and, and stuff like that. Are you still requesting that, right? You're still asking for, for some Absolutely. That, that's never going to end, my friend. So what we're doing is we're asking the public, uh, citizens with disabilities in our city, to let us know when a service that we provide throughout our city is uh, where, where there are impediments to accessing that service. Let me give you an example. So let's say that your home is X blocks away from the park and you can't access the park because, you know, you don't have access to it. You know, you, you, maybe you're using a mobility device and there are no ramps or sidewalks between your home and the park. We want to know. We really want to know. It could be a park. It could be a major business center. It could be a recreational center, a library, any of the services that the city has to offer. We want to make sure that those are accessible to everyone. So if you are someone with a disability that because of your disability, you do not have access to our services, give us a call. Let us know what is wrong. What is the impediment that is keeping you from accessing our services? And we want to address those. So keep them coming. If you have a curb cut that is missing around your area to, to be able to access one of our services, or there is a missing section of sidewalk, you let us know so that we can immediately uh, try to address it. And they would, they would uh, report that to the 311, right? 
Yeah, they can. So they can do it in one of many different ways. Actually, they can call the three one one. They can actually also give me a call. Say they can go online to the uh, uh, government El Paso website, and you'll find my name under accessibility. Or here's my number two one two three zero zero five. Very easy two one two three zero zero five. They can call me directly, or they can send me an email at pettisjc. That's last name Pettis, P-E-R-E-Z, J as in Julio, C, C as in cat, Julio C at ElPasoTexas.gov, all spelled out. Any number, any one of those things, or they can actually come to the AAC meeting and report it there as well. They can call you, Mr. Zavall. I know we've, we've had situations <laughs> like that. They can call you, right? Yeah. Or they can call into your show and report it. I mean, any number of things, eventually we'll get it and we'll get it addressed. Yeah, as long as you get to, and this I will say that if you get to the concern, you always address, and that's what we appreciate. Because when I say we, people with disabilities, that you know, sometimes in the past we've kind of understood that the city's kind of been behind the ball, but it's getting better. I really do see that, and mm-hmm. and with your help, Mr. Pettis, you've been in that role of ADA coordinator. Now, talking about that, you also the the well oversee the the lift, right, which is for the paratransit. That is correct, sir. So I oversee the services that the Submetro uh, subdivision of the lift has to offer, which is the paratransit services. Now, recently in the past, uh, maybe months, two months and a half, or more recently, there's been a change as uh, to how someone can do an appeal process within the lift, right? Yeah, so, so what we have done, or what we did before, or what we had in place before, is that if someone was ever denied eligibility or someone had a proposed uh, suspension of service because of a violation of the no-show policy or, you know, or things like that, they had the ability to appeal to a panel of five uh, passenger uh, uh, group of, of folks who were trained on ADA and FTA guidelines. And so that team uh, either uh, overwrote or sustained the decision, right? And if it was still sustained, the denial was sustained or the, the suspension of service was sustained, then that person still had another chance to appeal to then a three uh, panel member uh, or member panel, I should say, at uh, Sun Metro. And uh, that was comprised of, of uh, a Sun Metro director or manager, uh, an AAC member, and a CAC member, Citizens Advisor Committee, and the Accessibility Advisor Committee. So we had more like a two-step appeal process. Well, we went to some training, or I went to some training on FTA guidelines and where uh, best practices were discussed in San Antonio uh, about a couple of months ago. And I found out that really having two, uh, a two-step appeal process was, was a little bit overkill because one, the second appeal, if the first time was either sustained, uh, then the second time, 99.99% was also sustained if it was done well the first time. So really the second appeal process was really unheard of in the industry. No one was ever doing it uh, because it really put the customer in a very uh, unnecessary and burdensome process. So best practice out there calls for just one appeal process and what they called a review or administrative review at first. 
And so that's what we have decided to adopt is to go with best best practices around our nation. So what we have now, instead of having a two-step appeal process, we'll have the following. So let's say someone someone's eligibility was denied or someone's proposed services of proposed suspension of service was was imminent. What we have now is someone is not happy with that decision. It comes to me and I review it administratively. I review the file. I make sure I'm looking for reasons to override that decision. I'm looking for reasons to give them the service. I'm not looking for reasons not to. I'm looking for reasons to give them the service that they deserve. So I'm looking for, you know, missing information, possibly, you know, something that we overlooked. Anyway, I review the file. And if I once I review the file, if I if I find that there's a reason for me to uh, give them back the service that they need, I go ahead and reverse the decision at that time, and it's over with. It's very simple. They don't even have to come in. It, that's kind of like the first step that we had before, right? And I go ahead and and override the decision. They they receive the service. They don't even have to come in and 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 spend any time. Uh, we do it that way immediately, very, very quick and easy. Now, if I don't find a reason to override the decision and I, and I see that everything was done correctly and, and uh, there was nothing that was uh, um, not seen, then what I do then is I let it go to the appeal process. I let it continue on to the appeal process and then it goes to the uh, five member panel and that panel then makes the final decision. Uh, and so that's where it ends. And that's what we have right now. We have changed it to go back to a simpler, easier process uh, where it's not as burdensome to the passengers and it's just easier and quicker actually as well. No, now you're giving me the whole, whole different or the whole uh, process. I think you're right. Because sometimes the, the, the passenger had to go to the appeal with the five panels before and then go to the three panel and so I think this way, kind of, you're right, kind of eases the, 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 the input from the, or the exposure to the passenger, you know, kind of streamlines the process. And I, I like that. So, well, but, I'm glad because we, we did, uh, did some research and we actually reached out to the community and all the people that we were talking to actually like this idea better. So I, I'm glad that you also agree with this. We're always trying to make it easier and, and quicker for the passengers. Everyone, please, please uh, listen to Mr. Perez when he says, if you have a barrier out there in the community, let him know. And if it goes to the, to the services of El Paso, Texas, the government, let him know. And he will put it a uh, priority. He will find that funding. Um, sometimes there's different type of fundings that are available throughout the years, like the CDBG funding, uh, which will be available next month. No, next year, Mr. Perez. Yeah, so every year there's a new opportunity for CDBG funding. The one that we just went through was in December, uh, November, December, and we were able to apply for some funding for District 2 and 4, and hopefully we'll get some funding for those two districts and, and even further along our work for accessibility. Awesome. So, well, Mr. Perez, thank you for taking the time to kind of explain the, the update us on the transition plan, and hopefully we'll have you back to give us a final report. And uh, if not during the year, we'll have you on just to give you give you the opportunity if you have any messages you want to give out to our community. And I appreciate taking the time to be here on the Accessibility Corner. My pleasure. Anytime you need to, just let me know, and uh, we'll be on your show. Happy to be do that every time. Okay. Well, everyone, we've been listening to Mr. Julio Perez, the ADA coordinator for the City of El Paso, and uh, this is the Accessibility Corner on Dialogue Radio Network. 
Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter, Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533-0007. Hello, everyone. Today, I am talking to Ms. Marcia Chu from Villar, which is an independent living center here in El Paso. Good day, Mrs. Chu. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank Good you job. for having me, Mr. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for taking the time to talk to, here, talk to us here on the Accessibility Corner. And Mrs. Chu, can you tell um, the listeners of what you do there at Villar? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I'm uh, uh, the assistant director for Mr. Chu, um, but also I'm in charge of the lending closet. The lending closet, it's uh, a program where we loan equipment or um, donate uh, medical supplies. Now, when you say donate, that means free of charge to whoever, whoever needs it, right? Yes, it's free of charge of uh to anyone and there's no time limit for the equipment either okay there's so no mean, time limit there's no charge and and who qualifies is there like a is there some qualifiers for this program and how does it work well most of them uh, there's uh it's uh for persons in need of medical equipment but don't have the resources to buy it or don't qualify for any insurance and so when you say equipment, is it like wheelchairs, walkers, whatever you have in the yes, it, it could be uh, it could be a wheelchairs, walkers, uh, uh, shower chairs, um, even orthopedic boots. Really? Um, any any type of uh, of uh, device that they they might need, we might assist them. If we don't have it, we make the referrals to other. Uh, you know, to it other entities such as we also have another program that's called the Independent Living Skill, uh, Independent Living Services Program, where it used to be DARS. Yes. Uh, where they can uh, purchase the items for the for the consumers. But the the we, usually what we do is we put them on a list, and then we try to locate the the equipment. You know, or make the referrals to vendors or um, other entities, such so United Way or Air Agency on Aging. Okay. Now, if if someone wants to um, if someone wants to donate, can they donate? Like, let's say, uh, unfortunately, someone passes in their family. Can they donate the equipment to Valar? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. That's uh, that's mostly what we receive uh, the donations. Uh, donations of medical equipment and supplies that are good in repair and usable condition. Okay. You know, yes, that's mostly what now, we get. If someone wants to ask questions or inquire about a certain item you may have, who who can they contact? Uh, they can contact uh, here at Bolar. Uh, the phone number is nine one five five nine one zero eight hundred, and they can ask for me for Marta Chu. And that's uh, Monday to Friday from from uh, 8 Monday to, 5. to Friday. Yes, Monday to Friday, eight to five. And uh, they can also find us in 
on Facebook or send us an email. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that you just send an email through the Facebook page, right? Through the Facebook, uh-huh. Awesome. Yes. So for basically, uh, for to my listeners, uh, this program, uh, like Mr. Chu said, it provides uh, supplies and equipment to those who can't really afford it or have not, don't have insurance, which it happens, right, Mr. Chu? It happens. And, yes, uh, yes oh. it happens. So people that just move here and they don't have a... Um, uh, as long as they have a disability and a permanent resident here in El Paso, we can assist them with this program, and the I, landing cloud. The landing cloud. So everyone, and if you have someone that you know that wants to donate maybe a wheelchair or something, please let Ms. Chu know because, uh, like I said, this is going to uh, those who really need these supplies and services. So reach out to Ms. Um, Ms. Chu if you have a donation or if you know someone that needs a donation. Uh, one more time, Ms. Yes. Chu, you're going to give your phone number one more time? Yeah, the number is 591-0800, extension 205. That's my extension, Marta Chu. Marta Chu? Yes, if you have any medical equipment and no longer using it, uh, please give us a donation uh, so we can pass it on to someone that has a need for it. That's so right. if you don't longer need it, you know, we will uh, just uh, bring it back. The loans we gave out, uh, the only thing we request is to bring it back as when they no longer need it. Okay, so bring and it back. And also all donations, all donations to Volar are tax deductible. Oh, they are? Awesome. They are. Okay. Yes. And you said there's no time limit on, on when you lend a product right, or uh, an equipment? There's no time limit? No. No, there's no time limit or, or no fee. This service is for free. Wow. Can't beat that. And I know renting equipment can be very expensive. So everyone, please contact Mrs. Chu if you have a need or if you know someone in need. Uh, and uh, thank you, Mrs. Chu, for taking the time to be here on the Accessibility Corner. You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting us. And I hope everyone uh, that has things in their garage, <laughs> they can bring it to Volar and help someone else, you know. Mrs. Chu, because uh, you know, yeah, because sometimes and you're right about the garage. Because um, you might have a wheelchair or walker or something you're not going to use, and why not donate it where someone else could use it, right? I mean, it's tax exactly. deductible. I mean, what else? Yeah, that's that's the main the main goal here with this program to assist people doing that. You know, there's no there's no way they can get it. Sometimes also we get people that. They're just applying or recently got a, a disability, acquire a disability, and they're applying for benefits. In the meantime, we can loan them the equipment they need before they can get all the uh -huh. services. Yeah, the gap in services. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. So, everyone, again, just reach out to Mr. Chu. And again, uh, thank you for listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this great show with all this information. Thanks to my babe. Yes, we will see Mr. you Mr. Abel, week. thank you, sir, for what you do. No and problem, and God willing, we'll be here next week. Yes, yes, thank you will. for listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network.